the C12 Faith and Business Show, sponsored by the C12 Group. What does it look like to run a business for Christ, by Christ, beyond symbols and charity? What does it really mean to live out your faith while leading in business? Real stories of real leaders trusting Christ and making eternal impact through the businesses God has called them to steward locally. It's all about building great business for greater purpose. Not just good business, business as ministry, business as mission, and business as worship. Hey everybody, my name is Mike Shero with the C12 Group. You've just tuned in to the C12 Faith and Business Show. Whether you go to work, whether you run a, run a business, whether you're employed by one, we most of us spend 88,000 hours of our life going to work. And as Christians, oftentimes we wonder, how do those two fit together? Does work get in the way? Am I supposed to get out of work to do my faith? How do those two play together? And this show is meant to try to add some color to that question by giving you different testimonies and examples from real-world leaders that are living that out today. And today, we're joined by Joel Gunn. Joel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Joel is a C12 chairman which means he's like a Jedi in the world of faith and business, right? That's it. Without, well, some of the superpowers, but... Some, uh, just not all the compensation from Hollywood. That's right. Doesn't have the movie rights and the, the whole uh, product merchant line. Right. Well, Joel, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. Um, before we dive into what you're doing with C12 and how that affects leaders, obviously this is something that is a culmination of a lot of things God's been doing in your career and life to shape you. Give a little backdrop to who Joel is career-wise before we get into what you're now doing in C12. Well, fresh out of college, I went to work for a Fortune 500 company. was blessed to catch the attention of a corporate vice president who fast-tracked me through management. Uh, very cool experience. Got to do a lot of what was then state-of-the-art things. Was actually working at a company that was uh, written about in Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. So I was there as we were making that leap. Uh, a lot of great experience. Then eventually had an opportunity to help spin off one of those business units as a startup and had a consulting practice for about five years. Worked with dozens of clients all over Texas primarily. Um, but I come from my background is my whole family is ministers. I'm a third generation ordained minister while I was doing all that other, uh, pursued that as well. And so had a season where I worked for a worldwide nonprofit and actually helped plan a church in North Austin uh, a few years back. Uh, so had an interesting kind of um, almost duality yeah. in some ways uh, where I was very active with my faith and very active in business. Mm -hmm. And so that was really cool when I met C12, which is actually the marriage of those two, the intersection of your faith and business and, and how do you do uh, excellent business while being a Christian. So as you were walking those two tracks, this uh, diverse, you know, traditional marketplace career while also, you know, living this life in, in Christian ministry proper in terms of churches, nonprofit work, what did that result in, in terms of what's your passion or conviction or belief about the role of faith and business and how they connect? Well, I think they were actually supposed to live one life, you know, and it was never taught in business school. It was never taught in any of the seminars I went to. But it was understood business was business and faith yep. was faith, but yep. you don't mix the two. Right. Uh, nobody said that. It wasn't against any rules. It just was um, just the way things were. Religion and politics. You keep yeah. those out, right? Right. So um, 
you know, you, you rarely walked into a business meeting and expressed anything about your faith, uh, even as a sidebar or waiting for the meeting to start. So it, it just never seemed whole or right. Mm-hmm. There's always like something was missing. You know, mm-hmm. I, was, I was doing great business with the people I was with, the teams I was involved in. We were doing amazing things and even cutting edge. Um, but there was just something missing. And that was almost at a subconscious level. And when I heard about C12, it just made sense. You know, it's as a Christian, duh, we're supposed to have an integrated life. We're Mm -hmm. not supposed to do one thing on Sunday and then be this great business person committed to our company's bottom line, committed to our employees Monday through Friday. It's actually supposed to be mixed. So that kind of bridges the question, you know, why C12? So you found C12. Why what, why are you passionate about wanting to see other leaders figure that out, and who are you serving in that? Well, it goes back to what Jesus said in Matthew six thirty three: Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. What better way to seek first the kingdom than to actively live out your faith? And, and what I'm passionate about as I've met C12 members and as people are getting involved in C12 is they're finding, as they're putting God first, everything else clicks. Profitability clicks, efficiencies click, waste goes down, um, the the employee satisfaction goes up, morale goes up, just because they're refocusing. And it really, I think, the secret of that is, uh, in a practical way, is they're just being who they're created to be. So what's the difference or the relationship between what you're doing there versus the local church? Because, I mean, most these, I'm assuming most of these folks are in churches. Absolutely. You were in a church staff for a long time. I was. So what's the difference between C12 and what the local church is doing? Actually, we encourage our members to come alongside their local pastor and help mm-hmm. him accomplish the vision God's called him to accomplish. But we all know that if we stop and think about it, most people are only in church maybe two hours a week. Right. Right. But they're in, at work 40 plus. Right. So if we can extend and make it okay for people to practice their faith during the week, they become stronger and the church becomes stronger. We encourage our members to be active in their churches, be active in their community, and in turn they're giving their employees permission that that's okay. It's okay to be who you are in our in our office or in our, our business. Mm-hmm. And so the employees actually start to appreciate the fact if they're a religious person, if, if they believe in Christ, they can express that during the work week. If they're not, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. But it, there's, uh, there's not this separation mm-hmm. anymore of church and work. It really is one life. Just so we don't – people, we don't presume. When we say you're a C12 chair and you're now helping, what, is, what does that actually mean? What are you actually doing as a C12 chair? What is this thing? Um. Several things. My my primary job is to bring a, a group of peers to the table and let them speak into each other's life, create that environment, that safe environment where they can talk to each other, where they can bounce ideas off each other, where they can leave the mask at the door and, uh, and know that what's said at the table is going to stay at the table and they really can speak the truth and love to each other and uh, see each other's blind spots. Um, I also serve as an executive coach in uh, meeting with them one-on-one throughout the month. And that could be looking at their business, how to improve it from a financial perspective, from a leadership perspective, 
or it could even be, you know, addressing challenges personally. But, you know, um, in April 2013 in a TED Talk, Bill Gates said everyone needs a coach. Hmm. CEO of Google, Eric Schmidt, in an interview with um, Fortune magazine, agrees. In fact, he said one thing people are never good at is seeing themselves the way others do. Mm. So imagine having a dozen coaches at the table right, that are speaking into your life. And as you express what's going on in your business, whether financially or performance, um, team building culture issues, these other men and women are actually – speaking back into your life they're coaching you and giving you input that's a, invaluable and some you know obviously these two guys both uh, bill and eric have been a little bit successful i guess not too bad so so you're a facilitator a convener and a coach yes sir okay so as you work with men and women who are wrestling with this idea of faith and business integrating what are some of the the surprising areas, the, the big win areas you see where faith and business begins to really connect? Well, I, uh, first thing that just popped into my head as you asked that question was um, each month w- one of the businesses, uh, one of the members gets to present details about their business and bounce those big questions off the members. Uh, the things they're really wrestling with, those those one-year, three-year, five-year plans that they need to or- implement now and start making strides toward and so as one of those members prepared uh, what he was going to share, he forwarded me a copy. And as I was reading through it, he said um, in the last several months, at the same time that he became a C12 member, he's experiencing more peace. How do you put a price tag on experiencing more peace? Yeah, a lot of people have a great business, have no peace. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's it's a, it owns you, it's consuming you, and you can't sleep at night. And Exactly. And you're up at night worried about whatever, mm-hmm. you know, are you making payroll? Are you, should you sign the new contract? Should you build the new building? Mm-hmm. Should you hire this uh, this expert? You know, what what's the next right thing to do? And so there's, there's security, really, mm-hmm. in being able to come once a month and sit down with your peers from all walks of life. And benchmark against them, bounce ideas off of them. Let me maybe back up and ask you a broader question. I usually ask guests on the show this earlier. We'll do this before we go to the break. What does it mean to you for for someone to say they're going to be a Christian business owner, a Christian business leader? What will that imply on that business? Well, you know, ultimately our goal as Christians is to hear Jesus say, well done, Mm -hmm. good and faithful servant. And really we're – as business leaders, we're stewarding that business. And so are we leading in a way that reflects how Christ would lead that business? Mm. Are we doing what he said, ask us to do? Are we doing it in a way he would be proud of us doing it? Mm. And really, you know, as, as Christian leaders, that's incumbent on us to reflect Christ to our people. Mm-hmm. So you'd say it's a lot deeper than, um, I know when I've talked to some people about the idea of Christian business, they think it's uh, is it having a giant fish symbol on the wall, <laughs> or is it you know just saying God bless you? What does it what does it look like? Well, and that that could be several things. Some of our owners bring in corporate chaplains to um, make available to their people. Others send out um, the Gospel of John and you know with their shipments. Some people just make it okay to be a Christian at work mm-hmm. and create that environment where if you want to have a prayer. Uh, meeting and and you can if you want to have a Bible study you can um, 
so so making it uh, creating that culture, that environment where it's okay to express your faith, I think is really our job as leaders. And you work with a pretty diverse group of leaders, right? I mean, very. You get cybersecurity companies, construction companies, healthcare companies, pretty manufacturing, manufacturing, yeah. pretty eclectic. Restaurants, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not exactly just. We're not talking just the one small little retail shop, but just a huge variety. Yeah, same every, issues, everything from you know a million and five employees to hundreds of millions and uh, a thousand employees. Mm-hmm. So. Wide diversity. Well, after the break, what I'd like to do, Joel, is I want to dive into some examples of some wins and maybe some lies and struggles that you've watched leaders wrestle through. And I'll also give you a chance to challenge listeners on things that they may have not thought about before in their own life and stewardship of business. So, friends, stay tuned. You're on the C12 Faith and Business Show. Our guest today is Joel Gunn with the C12 Group in San Antonio, Texas. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, San Antonio. My name is Mike Sherr with the C12 Group. What does it mean to follow Jesus while running a company, being a CEO or a local business owner? We believe it matters a lot. In fact, our mission statement at C12 is to change the world by bringing forth the kingdom of God in the marketplace through the lives and companies that Jesus calls to run them for him. Through local groups, we've got over 140 leaders of businesses ranging from a million dollars to a billion dollars who are striving to glorify God in the business We say we're trying to build great businesses for an even greater purpose. And since 1992, hundreds and thousands of leaders all over the country have found a key to answering those questions about how to run a business in a way that pleases Jesus through being part of local C12 groups. Find out more today by visiting c12group.com. Welcome back to the C12 Faith and Business Show. My name is Mike Sherrill with the C12 Group, and our guest of honor today is Joel Gunn. Joel is a chairman for the C12 Group in San Antonio, Texas. And in the beginning part of the program, Joel shared uh, about your career journey, about how God brought you to uh, a passion for this faith and business and what it can mean to live one life. And they're not called to live two lives, even though uh, it's so easy and more natural, it feels like to try to, even though that doesn't usually work well. We, we still do gravitate there. And you were sharing a, a bunch of uh, examples before. Let's dive in. So as you are working with leaders and you work with men and women, all different kinds of businesses and backgrounds, and you talk to them about uh, getting involved in C12, you talk to them about living one life in Christ through their business. What are some of the lies or the hurdles you find that people get stuck on? Probably the first thing that surprises people as they really start to understand and and then step into wrestling with this whole idea is that God called them to run this business. God called them to steward this business. And all of a sudden there's this realization that they are ordained to be in this position in this time in this place and they start to look at their and understand their people are their mission field their people are their ministry they have a responsibility as a Christ follower and more particularly as a leader that is a Christian they have a responsibility to help those people in um, their walk with Christ help those people lead better lives help those people be better parents help those people be better spouses help those people be more active in the community. And at first, I think that that kind of shocks a few leaders. You know, it's it's uh, to realize that you've been blessed for a reason and that God put you in this leadership role, give, gave you these gifts for a reason. 
sometimes that's a, that's an initial shock. I remember the day I was at work and it suddenly dawned on me that I had more unchurched people working for me than ever showed up my church on Sunday. And yet I wasn't viewing them as my ministry. I viewed them as my coworkers. Yeah. Right. So I could yeah. then go after hours and do ministry. Right. And then once I did realize that, I was like, well, what do I do with that? <laughs> um, yeah. So I understand that dilemma. Yeah. And I think the, uh, the other thing that, that is foreign to people as they look at something like C12 as leaders look at this is how's this, you know, they wrestle with how's this all going to work just Mm -hmm. because it is such a unique expression Mm -hmm. that we say it's actually not only okay to integrate faith and business, but it's expected. Yeah. And uh, so, so that's fun. That's been been fun to watch. Any other lies or fears for people as they look at responding to that proposition? I th- well, I, th- I think we all fear failing, and obviously these uh, business leaders are great at what they do. That's why they're a successful business owner. Mm-hmm. And so t- looking at this additional aspect is not necessarily a strength of theirs. Sure. You know, and as, as a chairman or as a facilitator of this process, it, we help them understand it's okay, and it's you do it in bite-sized increments, and it's, it's about forward motion. Mm-hmm. And it's not something to, not something to be scared of. If God expects you to do this, which obviously he does, then he's going to equip you and help you accomplish his will. And he's yeah. not going to leave you alone and, uh, and just struggling in your, own, in your own abilities. Any other uh, hiccups or roadblocks for people as they think about, okay, I this proposition. I'm convicted by that. I need to begin to work that out. And then you invite them to come sit around a C12 table with other Christian peers. Um, what's the biggest roadblocks you find people have with that? Probably every single person I've met so far that's a C12 member or considered C12, they wrestle with this idea of time. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm already busy, and I haven't met a business owner yet that isn't. Right. Um, that's that's why they're successful. That's why they're in that role. Um, and, and we give them this idea of, hey, if you take aside seven hours out of your month one day and you come invested at the table with some peers – you're actually going to get more time back than seven hours. It'll multiply itself. Yet that's what it, – it's counterintuitive at right. first glance. But yet all of our members tell us after some period of months or after their first year, looking back, I actually have gained more time. It's actually worth the investment. So that it's a hard leap for some people to make. Right. I don't you have know, the time to have more time. Right. I don't have yeah. the time to have more time. It's a good way to say oh, it. Uh, can't sharpen the saw blade. Yeah, and so um, overcoming that that objective of of um, this is just another day out of the office. This is going to cause me to work harder um, is is a challenge. Uh, occasionally, people really wrestle with this idea of being known in community, mm-hmm. right? And we're we don't live in a society where we build deep relationships in general. And so this idea that I might be sitting at a table with a dozen other strangers that eventually become some of my best and most trusted friends, it can be a little scary to people that, you know, that are especially those that are kind of um, wired to be a little more conservative and withdrawn. Um, But what they find as they come to the table is we're all just normal people. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're not uh, the other owners at the table are not stuck up. Right. They're not uh, too good. They're not lofty. They're not arrogant. Uh, 
you know, we're, we're all just people trying to do what God designed us to do. And so it, it's actually a comfortable environment and it ends up being an enjoyable day. Sometimes we, uh, we challenge each other and we go deep and we hold each other accountable, which actually our members tell us the, the accountability aspect is one of the things they value the most. Mm-hmm. But yet that's also probably one of the scariest things when they're first considering the idea. It's funny how much oftentimes what we most need we're also very afraid of. Yeah. Right? And it's that weird tension because um, I so often marveled when we're sitting around a seat twelve table together. There's really no other forum where all the pieces are on the table at the same time, where someone knows your spiritual life, your marriage life, your business life, your financial life, your community relationships, and all the problems in all those areas. But there's a lot of freedom when you are known there, but it's, it's like getting naked. Yeah. It's like, I'm not sure I want to do this. And then it, it's, uh, but that's where the power happens. Well, and I had, uh, I had one high level. But seat. we do wear clothes in meetings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We do at mine. Yeah. Uh, had one high level CEO, you know, make some assumptions that he was going to have to share more than he wanted to share. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think that's important if anybody's considering that's listening to the show, that's considering being something, uh, part of something like C12 is you're never forced to do anything you don't want to do or share anything you don't want to share. It mm-hmm. becomes it's a very natural expression and sure. it, and it happens. Um, we honor the way God wired you. If you're outspoken, we let you be outspoken. If you're quiet, you know we let you be quiet and and be who you are. But we create that safe environment where you can be who God created you to be, not who the world's conditioned you to be. So what are some highlights where you've seen a leader, either their business begin to really reflect Christ or that leader's life personally reflect Christ more this past year? One of my uh, owners of a co- several companies between here and Austin uh, pulled me aside at the end of last year as we were doing a, our one-on-one. And he said, you know, don't tell any of my employees, but it's really on my heart that I'm going to pay their way to go on mission trips next year. It's not going to count against their vacation. It's going to be an employee benefit from now on. And he announced that in January. Listeners are hoping you mentioned the company so they can apply <laughs> for jobs there. <laughs> Absolutely. Call me after the show and I can uh, set you up there. But uh, he uh, he announced that to the employees and within days – all but two slots had been taken, mm. and you know, within another week or so, as people worked out their schedule with their families and whatnot, those slots were filled. So uh, that was kind of a neat thing. And another another one of my owners um, that that sits at a different um, table participates in a different roundtable. Um, she can conf- told the group recently. She said, "You know, I've always given to church out of my personal income, but I never thought about." giving into the church or into the community so much out of my business as I do now. And in fact, she has a goal this year to go from very little uh, giving into the church and in the community uh, to giving 20% of her profits um, or more. So just a couple of little examples of of things that Mm -hmm. changed kind of radically and quickly. I remember uh, I had that leader on the show and she was talking about just the paradigm shift. You know, she'd always, you know, you're involved in things outside of work, but she began viewing these employees as a ministry field. This business is a place, and it's just you could tell the light bulbs are going off. Yeah, oh, man, there's all these opportunities I had just hadn't looked at before. Right, and and like the the gentleman I shared earlier, where he's now inviting his employees to go on mission trips, he goes four times a year, mm-hmm. but it didn't hadn't clicked that maybe he could invite his employees along. 
Yeah. You know, and so now those employees are going to get to experience something a lot of Americans don't get to experience and, and go into a third world country and, and help build schools and do good things for the kingdom. It was crazy. I was looking at uh, some stats on C12 member companies around the country last year, and it said that uh, the average local small business was seeing two to three times the salvations of local churches in America and were giving three to four times the amount of money to fund mission projects and just the potential that mm-hmm. it represents. If you had just a final minute to challenge listeners into their the way they think about their life and business or their thought about getting involved in some sort of peer group, what would you say to them? Well, I'd, uh, the first question I'd ask is, who are you running with? You know, the, your, the old saying about um, running with eagles instead of turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Which one am I? <laughs> uh, well, I'll talk to you after the show. Uh, no, you're an eagle for sure, Mike. Yay. <laughs> All right. But, uh, you know, seriously consider who are you hanging out with because you become like the people you're hanging out with. Um, do results matter to you, to God? Well, most business owners say, yeah, results matter. But but what does God think about the results you're getting? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'd really like to challenge you to think about that. Whether you join a peer group or not, you know, are, are you running your business in a way that God's – Jesus is going to look at you at the end and say, well done, mm-hmm. instead of well. <laughs> that last word makes it breaks the sentence, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, dot, dot, dot. Joel, it's been great having you on the show. Um, I appreciate uh, – who you are and your passion for seeing people live one life in Christ. And I'm grateful for your partnership when you come alongside and disciple them in the language of business and sometimes the language of theology, but those two things together. And I hope that someone listening was, was convicted even just by that last statement, you know, are you running your business in a way that God would say well done or well? I mean, that's a great question. If someone wants to find you, what's your, what's your website? www.c12centraltx.com. C12CentralTexas.com Friends, look up Joel Gunn if you want to find out more. Tune in next Saturday at 10 a.m. for the C12 Faith and Business Show.